Welcome to the How Fitting Podcast, where you'll hear from independent fashion designers and entrepreneurs about how they grow their business, making clothes that fit their customer and values. I'm your host, Allison Haynes. Today, I'm joined by Ashley Alt of Vault. So welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, of course. For those listening who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, I can. Um, so my name is Ashley, like you said. I am a writer and new fashion designer based in Connecticut, about an hour north of New York City. Um, and I just launched my clothing brand, Vault, which is a luxury women's clothing line selling kimono robes and jumpsuits. Nice. Cool. So yeah, new brand, and but you're a writer. So I'm curious, like, um, what brought you into the fashion industry and was it something you're always interested in or, um, do you have a background in it all or kind of what brought, what, uh, how did you get to starting a brand? Yes. So I went to school for journalism, um, thinking that I would move to New York and write for Cosmo or L, um, or, you know, one of the big magazines, one of the fashion mm-hmm. magazines. And, um, after graduating, I ended up moving to Chicago and while I was applying for magazines and newspapers in Chicago, I kind of just wasn't hearing back and I needed to make money and pay rent. Right. Mm -hmm. So I started working at clothing boutiques just to kind of make money, I guess, um, to fund my writing or wait until. I received a job from a magazine or a newspaper. And when I was in the boutiques, I just kind of ended up loving so many aspects of retail. Um, The relations, the relationships built with the customers, helping buyers and the owners pick out clothes for the season. Um, Just the day to day of it all, I really enjoyed. So I stuck with that for a while. And then I got pregnant with my son, which is how several years after the fact, I ended up kind of becoming obsessed with starting my own clothing business, which was born out of my personal, my personal need for feeling like myself again after becoming Mm -hmm. a mom. So I kind of, right after I had my son, I struggled pretty badly with postpartum depression, just more, more feelings of sadness, loneliness, isolation, rather than anxiety, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of, it went in and out for several years, but for the first, I would say two years, it was pretty tough. And, um, it was just honestly as simple as looking in the mirror and realizing why am I feeling this way? I mean, there's a whole, I'm sure every mom can relate to the feelings of new motherhood and, you know, how isolating that it can feel. And you just don't feel like yourself and you kind of don't know what your next steps are. And Mm -hmm. it was just kind of as simple as, well, what am, what am I doing? What do I need to change? And I was breastfeeding. So I was living in my husband's t-shirts and boxer shorts, right? Because where am I going? I'm just, (laughs) I'm just hanging out at home with taking care of the baby. Um, and once I started getting dressed again, truly, I started to feel like myself again. Um, fashion style has always been an integral part of my personality, my identity, And as soon as I started kind of stepping it up, like just a few notches above pajamas, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I, I just felt so much better and, um, we've moved around a lot. My husband and I, we have two kids now. Um, we've moved around a lot. We were in Chicago and then we were in Lexington, Kentucky, and then we were in Columbus, which is where we're from in Ohio. And now we're in Connecticut. So we were moving around a lot for his job. And because of that, it was kind of hard for me to keep, whether I was working at a store or working with a magazine, it was hard for me to kind of keep one thing going. So Mm -hmm. that was another reason why I wanted to start um, 
a fashion brand, but basically I wanted to start a business that would attract a community of women going through the same thing that I did after having a baby. Um, everything that comes with becoming a new mom, the not knowing the next steps, the losing yourself, that kind of a thing. Um, and just, you know, with the core of it being, I really believe in the power of getting dressed because it got my, my mind right again. And I think mindset is absolutely everything. Mm, Yeah. That's a really powerful story of like what brought you into this. I love it. Um, you know, you mentioned several times, like the, the power of fashion and mm-hmm. kind of making you feel like yourself again and um, influence on your mindset. Was that something that you were always aware of or is that something that you kind of discovered had influence over those things after you started kind of dressing up again after becoming a mom? Yeah. So that's a, a good question. Um, I never really, so I've, everything along with that, with getting dressed, making you feel good and look good, all that, that everyone knows, right. Mm -hmm. Um, is a confidence underneath. And I've always, I've never struggled with confidence issues really. Um, until I became a mom and it wasn't about motherhood, but it was just more so like, oh my gosh, my life has changed so much. I just, I don't Mm -hmm. feel confident in, in really like any area of my life. Um, so I think I didn't realize, I think I was always doing it and, you know, from when I was little to middle school, to high school, college, after the fact, it was just always, it was just a habit, right? It was like brushing your teeth. I would wake up and I would be excited to go in my closet and pick something out to wear because I knew that it made me feel like the fun, vibrant person that I wanted to present to the world. So I think once I stopped doing that, I didn't realize it until I took off the, I took off my husband's baggy breast milk stain t-shirts and put something on that made me feel good again. But it sounds like maybe, um, like even if it was a little bit of a newer realization, or understanding of the power that fashion has like I imagine some of that was what you liked about working at boutiques of you know helping people find clothes that make them feel confident um and yes definitely mm -hmm. yeah I know for myself like one of my favorite things about my job is seeing the faces and the confidence of people um like women when they try on something that really fits them and like feels like them. Um, it's like a visible difference. So was that for sure kind of things that you noticed too, when you're working in, in boutiques and working in fashion that kind of maybe tuned your fashion sense a little bit, um, even before you started your fashion brand? Yes, absolutely. That's such a huge, huge part of it. And that's, what's so rewarding about working in boutiques or working, you know, wherever in the fashion industry. Um, is that you just, you see it on the person's face, you see them Mm -hmm. light up, you see, I mean, there were so many times where women would have tears in their eyes because they looked in the mirror and they hadn't felt that beautiful in so long. And now they feel like Mm -hmm. themselves again, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's definitely, that was definitely um, a catalyst to starting it as well. Nice. I'd love to know too, like with your career as a writer, how how has that influenced Mm -hmm. how you see fashion or talk about fashion or experience fashion? Because there's a lot of overlap, you know, like you said, you're, you're wanting to work for a big fashion magazine and Mm -hmm. um, being able to articulate that, I think um, could be really helpful, but I'm curious uh, how, how have those two kind of careers of yours um, affected each other or or helped you in each of those areas? Yes, that's a great question. Um, so originally, like I said before, I wanted to work at one of the main magazines, right? Like something Mm -hmm. like the bold type. Did did you watch that show? No, I haven't. (laughs) You should, you should watch it. I think it's on Hulu right now. It's a great show. Um, or like sex in the city. Like everyone wanted to be Carrie Bradshaw, right? Like running Mm -hmm. around, writing about being fashionable and writing about her life, that kind of a thing. Um, 
so with writing, I think the easy thing, or I think the thing that people like outsiders look in is like, well, if you like fashion and you like writing, why wouldn't you just write about fashion? Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I did do that a little bit here and there for different brands. Um, but that's just not where my talent lies within writing. Um, it's more, I do profile write for, I freelance for Forbes. Um, I do a lot of mental health work. I've interviewed various celebrities on motherhood struggles. Yes. Mental health stuff and wellness stuff. Yes. But also just, just about finding happiness in life and that kind of a thing. So I found Mm -hmm. that my strength really lies within kind of pulling the vulnerability and emotion out of people with my writing and not so much here's this new it bag for this season and writing up a caption about it, that kind of a thing, Mm -hmm. but writing a, writing a profile on, I'm definitely interested in, um, profiling designers or people in the fashion industry, that kind of a thing, um, down the line, hopefully, I mean, that's still on my radar. I would love to do something like that or start or have a magazine be branched off of vault, um, possibly, but we'll see, we'll see down the line, but that's kind of how that played out. It's more of in my writing, I'm more of a personal essayist rather than, you know, writing about a handbag or what's going on in the fashion industry. Yeah, that makes sense. Though I think, too, um, another thing that, like, I found working in fashion is, like, one of the key things about making fashion that's, like, really stand out and um, relevant and inspiring to the customer is to really know the customer and their deeper motivation. Um, Yeah. And so the fact that, like, you do kind of lean towards and work in that like um you know more individual profiling and you you mentioned bringing out the vulnerability and people and like hearing their stories um I imagine that's like super interesting too and can I mean that's that's something that like even in my job like if, if I'm talking to people and like hearing their story and hearing the things that are challenging them or the things that they you know their goals and um, and dreams, it's, it's understanding the person then makes it easier to make clothing that fits them, like fits them and, and equips them for every part of their life, not just the, oh, it's trendy and you should wear this, but like something that really makes them feel powerful and makes them feel confident. Yes. 100%. Um, And like you said, you've seen it doing your pattern making and everything else that you've done with your Mm -hmm. business and with your background. Um, That's, that's always what it's about, right? Everyone has a story, whether they seem guarded or insecure or, you know, just don't feel good about themselves generally. Like fashion is a powerful way to kind of pull out, to kind of connect one-on-one intimately with someone. Mm-hmm. So that they can tell you their story, whatever's going on in their life, um, whether it's a struggle or a success, it's mm-hmm. it's a powerful way to to bond. Yeah, and I think part of it stems from. I feel like the stereotype of fashion is that it's very superfluous and kind of fluffy mm-hmm. and just all about trends and what are the celebrities wearing. Um, but I think it goes way deeper than that. And, and I get the impression from your story and kind of the reason why you started Vault that you, you might agree with this is, is that fashion has a much deeper influence on who we are and expression of who we are. And that it's, it's not nearly as fluffy as people um, might attribute to the industry or, or clothing in general. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. And it's, it's a really hard thing to articulate, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, especially to people who 
I mean, they don't even have to be in the industry to understand. You can just like clothes to understand why, but it, it just, you're right. It goes so, so much deeper than, well, it looks cute. So I feel happy. I mean, yes, that's true, but it's, it goes, it goes far deeper than that. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about like family heirlooms. I was at, I had a meeting yesterday in the city with a manufacturer that I'm working with and she was showing me this crocodile leather bag. It was like hard as a rock. It was really cool to just kind of see and test out. And she was just explaining why it's priced the way that it is, why it holds up the way that it does and that it lasts for 200 years. Mm -hmm. And it just got me thinking like, it's not, it's not all about looks. It's not all about how it makes you feel. It's about memorabilia and you know, having those special moments with your daughter or your mom or your sister, whoever it is, and having those Mm -hmm. kind of things passed down, whether it's a really nice, you know, silk robe or a nice handbag. It's, it's really cool to know that, Hey, this was my grandma's or this was my great grandma. So I I Mm -hmm. love that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. It's not just something fleeting that you're like, Oh, I like, I had a bad day. Let's go shopping and buy this thing. And you know, exactly. you'll <laughs> regret it tomorrow. Like it can, it can mean it can, and it can last far longer. Yes. And that's a, that's a challenging part as well is how to not how to make it meaningful, but how to communicate mm-hmm. <laughs> why and how it's meaningful um, to people. So, so yeah. yes. Do you have, um, Any tips or like what things have you found so far with Vault in terms of communicating the meaning of fashion? That I would say is kind of exactly where I'm at right now. Um, There's just so many parts of, I know you've spoken to so many people on your podcast about starting and why Mm -hmm. and how and challenges and that kind of a thing, but there truly is so many different parts, um, Mm -hmm. that sometimes you can get lost in you're, you're like kind of in the weeds of it, right. You're it's smack in your face and you're in the details of not just the fabric and not just choosing the right people to work with and looking at the stitching, that kind of a thing. But then there's a whole other side to it. It's like, you have to be creative and technical and (laughs) so many things all Mm -hmm. at once. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now is trying to communicate that to my customer. But I, I, I really do believe in the power of storytelling and authentic storytelling at that everyone Mm -hmm. has a story. And I think that so many brands right now are doing such a cool job and a great job of, communicating, you know, what it is their values are. And it's more than just a clever or a funny Instagram caption, right? If you really Mm kind of dive deeper and um, do your research on why they started something and what, why it's meaningful to them, it's, it, it connects you to the customer, whether they can relate to it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's a, like, vulnerability and Mm -hmm. you know vulnerability is is more relatable like it makes it more human it's not just like this faceless corporation that's trying to sell you things like when you really know the story behind it or hear from the designer um, about you know the meaning of the collection or the process or the hands that went into making it it yeah it, it just makes, I think it makes people feel less lonely. Like they're, they're more connected to it. They're more invested in the story. And, um, yes, it has more yeah. meaning. Exactly. It validates people's feelings. And I always say it's the giving another woman or whoever a compliment on their clothing is the easiest way to break the ice. If you're at wherever you're at a kid's birthday party and you're talking to another mom or, a networking event or, you know, somewhere out like that. I think that's the easiest way to break the ice. And it's even better if 
that item of clothing has a story behind it because then that Mm -hmm. gets another conversation going and then it might lead to, you know, something else, something that these two people have in common that they can bond over for the rest of the night. So I, I love, Mm -hmm. I love that about fashion. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so, you know, even like with your sharing your story of why you started, uh, vault, and I do want to get into like actually talking a little bit more about vault and your, your journey with that, but, um, have you found that it was maybe a little bit difficult to share your own story and be vulnerable about why you started vault and what fashion means to you? Cause you know, like you said, it can connect a lot with customers and, and other people and just like build this community around kind of mm-hmm. shared common experiences. But I, I think it can be pretty scary too to get to that point to like, do I want to publicly share this? Um, or, you know, even sometimes put this brand or this design out into the world that has so much meaning and personal um, story behind it for me and that it can feel very vulnerable to put it out there and see what people think. Have you experienced any of that? And if so, like, how did you overcome that and actually feel confident in like launching Vault? Yes, that's a great question. And I think that's also where my writing um, comes into play where it really helps me in this regard. Um, As I'm writing, either if I'm doing an editorial or just an Instagram caption explaining you know, why I decided to design this particular jumpsuit or why I decided to name it this, that kind of a thing. And there's a story behind Mm -hmm. the product and behind the brand. I think my writing comes in handy there because it's so, it's so easy for me to just say it and talk about it. Um, As with starting my brand and kind of introducing it to the world in this way, explaining and kind of admitting my postpartum depression, Mm -hmm. it it really wasn't difficult for me. It was a long time ago. Um, It feels like it was forever ago at this point. So my son is six and a half years old now. So this was, Mm -hmm. you know, five years ago that I was experiencing all of this five, six Mm -hmm. years ago. And I've always wondered that whenever I'm listening to other people's business story of why they launched or like their tragedy to triumph story, that kind of a thing. Like, why didn't they talk about this during it? Why couldn't Mm -hmm. they say what was going on during it? Wouldn't that help so much more people? And I understand why now, because Mm -hmm. it took me this long to kind of bring it up and start writing about it, start talking about it candidly, because it's when when you're in it, when you're in that like bad mental place of feeling not like yourself and isolated and alone and just, you don't know what to do. Um, it's too painful. It's too painful to talk to anyone really about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I hid it from my family, my friends, everyone. And that kind of drew up some emotions, especially from my mom and my really close friends, like they were just like, I, we had no idea that you felt this way. And, um, so that's, I mean, that's another connection point that ties that helps people come together that are feeling the same way, but I have noticed. Um, and I love this part about the story that me opening up to just like my cousin or my sister-in-law or someone on the street, just asking them like how they're doing, not someone on the street, but someone on the playground, I guess, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, asking them, you know, how it's going, like a simple question like that, talking about the realm of, of being a mom, how easily people have opened up to me because they know that I've opened up. So I think it allows other people, it gives other people a permission slip to be like, hey, I feel like this. I'm, I'm going to say it out loud because it makes me feel better to do that. And I feel safe doing it, talking to this particular person or, you know, whoever it is, whoever, mm-hmm. whoever it is that they trust. So I do 
love that part about it. And I, I hope that my story and my brand ends up kind of doing the same thing for whatever stranger I attract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have you found then that, um, in kind of hearing the stories of other people that are then, you know, kind of feeling the permission or the feeling safe to share with you that fashion has also helped them kind of feel more, you know, back to who they, who they want to, or yeah, feel more like themselves then too. Has that been a common thread? Uh, yes, it has, but in different ways. So it's, it's different for different people, right? So Mm -hmm. maybe it's fashion for one person and for the next it's skincare or some, something else that's in the self-care umbrella, that kind of a thing. Um, but that, that's a great question. And yes, I, I kind of have found a common thread in that. I think it opens people's eyes up a little bit like, oh, wow, I didn't really make that connection until now, that kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting too. Um, I think people even who aren't moms may be able to kind of relate to this in a way just during this pandemic, the past couple of years of the feeling of like being stuck at home, you're outside your normal routine, you're probably just wearing sweatpants or pajamas working from home. And Mm then kind of that feeling of like, what's going on? Who am I anymore? And then yeah, I think that might be, you know, one of the reasons why now is more people are starting to go out, like they're dressing up more. I don't know if you've noticed that, but like, everyone's like, I want to wear the cute clothes and I want to go like be festive and wear bright colors. And because, yeah, kind of realizing that like fashion does have an impact on how we feel about ourselves and can kind of help us celebrate or help us feel more like ourselves. Have yes. you noticed that as well? I have. And every time I see it, it makes me so happy <laughs> because people get it. We're done with the pajamas. I've been done with the pajamas, the loungewear. I mean, there's a time and a place and I'm a stay-at-home mom most of the time. And I like my leggings and, you know, my sweats, all, all that jazz. But going out in public and like getting dressed, even just around the house, just a couple levels up above pajamas, you just feel like a different person. And when you feel like a different person, you get things done. You feel better. You, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, it changes your behavior. It changes everything. And yes, I agree what you said too, about um, not just relating to moms. I think any, anyone coming out of COVID with mental health struggles, I feel like probably every single person Mm -hmm. had some sort of degree of anxiety or depression symptom feeling come up because they weren't dealing with it beforehand. And then it was like, oh my God, we have to sit here with our feelings for (laughs) two years. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's another reason why I'm so passionate about the mental health part of it. Um, because I know how bad it sucks. It's no one wants to, no one wants to feel that way. No one wants to be in a, in a bad headspace. And Mm -hmm. I think that we just, we can all do a better job of lifting each other up and being nice to each other and more than just saying hi or sending a nice text or liking an Instagram picture, like we can do a little bit, we can do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So true. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd love to kind of shift a little bit towards, um, talking about vault and how that got started. So, um, at what point did you decide, like, not only, you know, did, is fashion important to you, but like what made you want to start your own brand as opposed to just maybe finding some pieces um, that kind of met your your style needs and where, you know, what you wanted to wear at that time? Yes. So ironically, this was 
Mother's Day 2020. So fresh into the pandemic, right? We're in Mm -hmm. for what, a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but I just, I remember this day so vividly. So, um, it was very sunny outside. I was in Connecticut where, where I live and my son and my husband were fishing. I was drinking a glass of champagne, (laughs) celebrating mother's day, talking to my girlfriends in a group text message. And, um, I was, I just felt so happy that day. Like I was, I just felt so grateful, so thankful for everything positive in my life. And it was just, it was a good day from a lot of onslaught of bad days with the pandemic happening. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just really started thinking like, how can I make a difference not just in my life, not just in my little bubble, but how can I make a difference? How can I impact the world in some small way? What makes the most sense? How, like, how can I put my talents and my skill set, my interest level, how can I put all of that to good use? And that's when I was like, I have always wanted to open up a storefront or do something of that nature and be, um, having it be COVID, I was kind of like, well, (laughs) all of the stores are going out of business. What if this happens again? Mm -hmm. And, um, there were working in boutiques in the past, there were definitely aspects of retail that I could have gone without. I'm not sure if you've (laughs) ever worked retail, but um, there's, there are definitely things that it's kind of like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to do this forever, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but, um, but there's so many uh, at the same token, there's so many things I loved about it. So anyways, um, I just kind of made the decision to do it. So I enrolled in a course by Anna and Klaus Christensen Mm -hmm. from the apparel entrepreneurship Academy. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They are amazing. I love them. Um, so I took their course and I learned so much from them. They just opened up so much to, I think there were 50 of us in the class, anyone from like, there was someone from Cincinnati talking to someone from Milan. Like it was, it was really cool. And, um, one of probably the biggest takeaway that I got from that course was having a business. Why you have to have a why in your brand and in your business without it, your business will fail. You can't be motivated by money. You can't be my, can't be motivated by external circumstances like that. Um, you kind of have to look at it like money is the result of doing what you love. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I really believe in that. Um, but they just kind of pushed it like with every decision that you make from your fabric selection to the manufacturer you choose to the language that you use on your website it all matters. You have to have a strong why. And, um, that's when I was kind of like, well, my strong why is definitely the power of getting dressed, getting dressed again, got my mind right again. When I was in a bad mental place, that's how I'm going to build this. So that's, Mm -hmm. um, it's the foundation is built on positive mental health with that personal story kind of at the focal point. So that was when I decided. And, um, I mentioned before we've moved around a lot and I was kind of hesitating on starting something because, um, I'm like, well, where are we going to move to next? We keep, (laughs) we keep moving. Mm -hmm. Should I start something or should I wait? And you should never wait. That was that was like a terrible, a terrible thing to think. So if anyone is listening, just don't wait, don't ask yourself what if. And so I kind of looked at that um, piece of the puzzle too. I was like, I live right by New York city, the fashion Mecca of the world. Why would I not be taking advantage of this? Mm-hmm. So um, that's when I made the decision. And then I just 
kind of went with it. And I'm learning as I go more and more every day. And I'm, I'm like truly having a, a blast doing it. Yeah. And that's wonderful that you're like enjoying it so much and you didn't let like, you know, not having the perfect circumstances or not knowing something like stop you from doing that. Cause I don't think anybody really knows what they're getting into when they start a business. And that's probably a good thing, right? <laughs> yes. I think it's, yes. Be naive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be, do not know because and be you'll okay drive yourself that. crazy. Yeah. You got to be yeah. okay with it mm-hmm. and remind yourself that whatever the outcome is, it's all right. If you lose some money, you're alive and you're well, it's, it's all right. Mm-hmm. So what was the first thing when you decided like, okay, I'm going to make this a brand. What did mm-hmm. you do first to yeah, get the business started, get, get your design started. What was your first steps? So after I took that class, um, I took another class, <laughs> um, a personal branding class from someone who I've been following forever, who I love. Um, her name's Jessica Zweig. I made that yellow kimono for her. Nice. Um, yeah. And so she owns an, um, not an apparel, she owns a personal branding agency in Chicago. And so I took that. So the two courses combined um, just gave me so much knowledge and confidence really um, to think and know that I, I can do it. I can be a business owner. I can start a business if I want to. So next steps after that was really just taking it slowly, um, looking in my closet and asking myself, what do I love out of here? Why do I love it? What material mm-hmm. do I gravitate toward? What, where am I going? What makes me feel like that young, fun, vibrant me that I felt before becoming a mom, before having real responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was really helpful. And when I kind of did that experiment, um, what I found was that kimonos and jumpsuits and rompers and all other like one piece wonders Mm -hmm. easy clothes that can still look luxurious and elegant, but still be playful. Um, That's what I wanted to base it around because a lot of the brand is about coming back to yourself and kind of digging down and finding that fun, youthful you that you know is still in there. And I think kimonos and jumpsuits are just like a really fun and great way to kind of portray who you are and and who you want to be. And they're, they're comfortable. They feel like pajamas. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of, um, the first step in that. And then, um, I think I told you, I think I told you this, but I found the seamstress who made the first run of kimonos, I found her through your podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You interviewed, um, Natalia Trevino mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I reached out to her after listening to your conversation with her. And she was like, I know a friend, I can't do it. I can't make them, but I know a friend who can. And she ended up living in upstate New York. And I'm like, this is too perfect. (laughs) I gotta, (laughs) I gotta reach out to her. So anyways, um, her name's Emily and she ended up making the first run, which I'm, I'm still calling like my test run. So I, I just started with 20 kimonos that she handmade. Um, I went to the garment district, picked out fabric, picked out, I wanted to have like a cool, fun element to them, which is why I put the fringe on them. Um, and yeah, she, she handmade all of them. And I went to, I I did a pop-up in Brooklyn with a couple of other independent designers, which was great networking and meeting other people. And we just like had the best time that day. Um, and I held a launch party here at my house, just small get together with girlfriends 
just showcasing the line and having them try everything on asking, what do you like about it? What don't like, what don't you like about it? So I really treated my first line, my first production run as a test. I want to know what people like about them, what they would like to improve, what kind of fabrics, what prints. So my, my goal is to perfect, like absolutely perfect the fabric, the feel, everything of the kimono. And then once I do that, perfect the jumpsuit and then just keep um, producing for, you know, whoever my clientele ends up being Mm -hmm. in different fabrics and different prints to create the the modern mom wardrobe, or she doesn't have to be a mom, but just to create the wardrobe that she wants, that she can, that she has go-to items that she can keep going back to for years and years and years. It's like those pieces are, they're statement pieces, but they're also staple pieces where they're not just like special occasion. They can kind of be worn at any time, but they look like a statement piece every time. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's so smart how you started with kind of taking an inventory of your own closet and noting like what makes you feel your best and what about it each piece of those pieces does. Um, Cause I think having, that's like a super good way of being self-aware about, you know, and you are your customer too. So it's like, you're mm-hmm. you better understand like, what about this is, you know, you're really after that feeling. So like what, pieces bring that feeling in why so that you could um yeah bring these bring these pieces to life yes exactly thank you yeah um yeah so I want to back up a little bit about some of um things that you did to start so once you did you have then like your sketches of like a jumpsuit and kimono then and then um first or did you kind of meet with seamstress and go fabric shopping kind of get inspired and then decide on designs like what did your creative process look like after you kind of had identified those key elements of what you wanted in in these pieces yes um so many hours probably weeks (laughs) spent (laughs) just obsessing over things that I liked on Pinterest things that I liked on Instagram and again, like, keep in mind, this was stores weren't all closed. So I want, mm-hmm. while well, I wanted, and I would have preferred to go look in person, my only option, everyone's only option was to look online. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where it started. And I ended up hiring a tech pack designer. Her name is Harriet. She's from the UK. She is amazing. We, her and I just like hit it off. Um, and she nice. made my tech packs, one for the kimono, one for the jumpsuit. She executed it flawlessly. Like they're amazing. I was so happy with it. And, um, that was another, not a challenge, but different people in the industry will tell you different things. One person will say, you absolutely have to have a tech pack in order, like, otherwise a manufacturer won't even take your phone call. And another Mm -hmm. person would say, you don't need a tech pack. You just need this. So it took me a while to figure out, like, you need the tech pack. (laughs) You (laughs) you absolutely need the tech pack. You need the pattern. The pattern comes before the toil and then the sample. And then like, it's just, I'm, I feel, uh, I'm feeling more official now that, (laughs) I'm understanding all of this. Um, but, but yes, so it was a whole bunch of hours of looking online, that kind of a thing. So after hiring Harriet, my tech pack designer and getting those and looking at them and that, that was what, that was what was the first thing that kind of made it real to me when she Mm. sent them over and her and I would have phone calls talking about the brand's vision. And she just like really understood it. She got it. She was excited for me. And I think that's 
that's a really huge piece for anyone who's looking for either a tech pack designer or pattern maker or, you know, whoever, whoever that they need to hire. Um, a really important piece is that you kind of connect on a soul level. Like you're going to be, you're going to be working with that person, not maybe not forever and maybe just for a little, little like batches at a time. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's really important to have that sort of see eye to eye on what, what you're trying to execute um, mm-hmm. because it's a collaboration. It's not just, I'm the designer and saying, here, will you do this? So, and then along with that, um, I didn't really do any sketches. It was just me finding um, photos and having image references and telling Harriet, can we tweak this? And then finding, you know, inspiration from something else visual that I've seen and that I loved. Um, So it was just like a kind of a combination of a whole bunch of different silhouettes and styles and kind of made it my own. And that's how that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it is such a, it can be a very complicated process. I know like when you don't kind of like have a background or career already in the fashion industry. So, and you mentioned even like one person will tell you this, another person will tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how did that kind of feel starting out? Like, was that overwhelming at all? And then where did you end up kind of finding the answers or, you know, finding what you needed to feel confident about, okay, this is real. I I know what I'm doing. Let's go forward with it. Was it through the apparel entrepreneurship course? It was through so much. It was a lot of it was definitely through them. I credit so much of my knowledge through them and through that course, they were so helpful. Um, It was through talking to people in the, in the industry not being afraid to look stupid because you might at the beginning, you don't know what you're talking about. It's just, you're Mm -hmm. starting something so brand new. Um, And like you said, not having a background, a formal background in the industry um, Mm -hmm. is definitely a hurdle to overcome. It's not impossible, um, but it's definitely an an added hurdle um, because there's even just the terminology, um, of the whole fashion language is a lot to learn and take in. Um, but a lot of it, so much of it is gut feeling. I think I've, that's Mm -hmm. just kind of how I live my life. Um, if it feels good, if I have good intuition about it, then I'll follow that feeling and I'll follow that curiosity. So it's just, I mean, it's trial and error it's Mm -hmm. you make mistakes and you learn as you go. And that's just kind of the nature of it. Um, but I would say getting out as much as possible, talking to other people in the industry, going to events now that events are happening again, um, going to fashion shows, going to trade shows, fabric fairs, you know, whatever. Um, like my first time in the, in the garment district, I asked every single person in every fabric shop that I went into, what is this fabric? What, like, what project would you recommend it for? And I would tell, I would show everyone my tech pack and feel like really cool that I had, (laughs) (laughs) I had my tech pack on my phone. Um, and just, and, and just ask, like, this is what I'm trying to make. Can you help me? And Mm. just kind of let them guide me. And I would go, I would, I don't know. That's just kind of, that's how I did it. Just ask a million questions. (laughs) And I think that's what it takes. I mean, Mm -hmm. you don't get the answers unless you ask. Right. So, yeah. And I don't know if you found the same, but I find that like, again, contrary to the stereotype of the fashion industry, most people are pretty willing to help you know, especially if you are like, you know, humble enough to say, Hey, I don't know the answer. Like I've done these things and tried to, you know, find, you know, look it up myself, but you know, I love your, your expertise and your opinion on this, that people are, are pretty open to being helpful. Like they aren't as kind of secretive as, 
as the fashion industry is made out to be. Yes, 100% agree with that. Um, I would say out of everyone I've reached out to, everyone that I've um, tried to, you know, get answers from, they have been really nothing but helpful. I think, I think people want to help. I think it's, it's another, it's another connection point, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm interested in this. You're interested in this. Why don't I, why not, why not help each other? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's how I feel for sure. So I love that. That's how you found as well. Mm -hmm. So in, in all this, like learning and um, kind of navigating, starting a business and learning this industry, um, what are some of the biggest things that you've learned so far in, in running vault? (sighs) Um, I would say don't be so impulsive when it Mm. comes to anything. I, that could be a personality thing. Like I tend to get very excited about, you know, whatever it is. a a fabric choice. And if it's $6 a yard at this store and then across the street, it's $40 a yard. Um, that's a red flag, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess not being, not being so impulsive and kind of taking in when I was trying to, um, find a manufacturer that I wanted to work with, which I'm kind of still in the works doing. Um, and that was another big, another big piece to starting a fashion brand is there's so Mm -hmm. many questions surrounding that. And that has, that always goes back to your why. So it's, it's like, do you use someone overseas because it's cheaper or do you go local because it's sustainable, I'm or more sustainable, um, and that's the route that I'm taking. I'm everything is 100% local, so I feel really good about that. Um, and that way, you know, like exactly what's going on. There's no, there's no guessing game. Mm-hmm. So I would say, I would say that about being impulsive, and um, I don't know. Just I, I keep going back to letting your why guide, guide you through every single decision that you make. It's will it will make a world of difference. You can't just make a decision based off of, Oh, that looks pretty. I'm going to get it. You need to kind of understand everything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And definitely the factories, you know, finding a factory is a huge challenge for so many brands. So you're not, you're not the only one. Um, Yes. And it's interesting, like, you know, even with that, there's so many, you know, like questions or, you know, do I go overseas? You mentioned, you know, because it's cheaper or whatever. And interestingly, like what I found is that it's not so much that overseas makes it cheaper. It's that larger volume makes it cheaper. Um, Exactly. And so like, even in the U S you can get much better pricing at higher volumes. It's just more often overseas factories do require bigger orders. And so that's why like overall they're cheaper. Um, Mm -hmm. But then once you include, you know, importing it, all the shipping and duties and stuff, then it's, it's not always as that much cheaper, you know, (laughs) depending um, yeah. And, and that's another um, big challenging thing for people just starting out um, building a brand, building a clothing brand is there's just, everyone does it differently. Some people mm-hmm. with prices and with samples and ev- just everyone does it differently. Some people charge by the hour, other people charge by the garment. How do you know what's right? You don't like you, you mm-hmm. don't know until you kind of do it. And then when you're comparing costs, like I spent so much time emailing, um, different manufacturers and I, I got responses, I would say from almost everyone that I reached out to. Um, but the, just everyone does it differently. And I would say the communication, if there's a communication barrier, be careful about that because you, you, you have to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, communication is definitely key. 
matter mm-hmm. you know who or where you're working with so yes. true yeah those are great insights of just you know letting letting your why kind of guide you and then asking questions and communicating well like yeah 100% those are all going to get you way farther <laughs> in business than not doing those things i totally agree yes um, so what is something that you are most proud of so far in launching Vault? Good question. Um, I think the easy answer is to say that I did it and, mm-hmm. you know, instead of mm-hmm. just talking about it, I did it. And so I've received so many compliments about that, um, which makes me feel good. Cause I don't, I didn't really think about it like that. Like what we talked about before, like being in the weeds of it. It's like, okay, you launched it and now we're just on to the next step. Like not really, we'll celebrate for a day, but then what's next, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the easy answer and that's not really my first answer. I would say, I would say I'm most proud of just though my attitude about it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going into building this thing, like a lot of entrepreneurs I've heard just through conversations and podcasts and, you know, just anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have a really good attitude about building the business and I don't have that. What if in the back of my mind, like, well, what if I make this decision and I lose a bunch of money or what if I make this decision to work with this person and it ends up being the wrong fit. And I have to start all over again. Cause you, if you do that, you can drive yourself crazy. So I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. looking at it, like taking it baby step by baby step. And I think for me and who I am, my personality that works because I need to know what's going on. I need, I have to fully understand it before I can go on to the next step. So I would say I'm most proud of just the way I'm going about everything. I'm kind of, it's a serious pursuit, but I'm trying to come at it with a playful, fun attitude. This is, this is a cool business that I'm building. And I can't, I can't wait to see who my clientele ends up being. And I can't wait to see where it goes. So I'm just, I'm coming at it through a lens of excitement. So true that you can definitely like get overrun and overwhelmed by kind of fearing failure or worrying about the next step. And yeah, it's, it sounds way more fun kind of the way you've approached it of like, you know what, I'm doing it. I'm enjoying where I'm at. I'm going to plan it through one step at a time and not let all these other, you know, not take on more than I need to in this day. Just enjoy the journey. That's so, that's so cool. Yes. And you can also get caught up with like, well, what if someone doesn't like it? Mm. And instead of thinking that way, I'm, I almost like err on the delusional side. Like (laughs) what if, what if this is like what they've been dreaming of their whole life? What if, Mm -hmm. what if this is something that they love and they're so thankful that you're bringing it to them? So, I mean, your mind can play tricks on you or your mind can work for you. So you decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to the mindset. Or... Back to the mindset. Mm-hmm. So true. Um, so one more question that I ask everyone at the end of the interview, which is if you could communicate one value to the world through the clothes you wear or design, what would it be? I love this question. And I love it when you ask everyone, because <laughs> some people are like, stumped, like, wait, what is the question? And other, other people have the answer right away. And it's like spot on. So I, I love this question. Okay. So I would say the value that I would want to communicate through my brand is never underestimate the power of getting dressed, mm. understand that mindset is absolutely everything. And the first step into getting your mind right can be as simple as getting dressed. So never underestimate the power of getting dressed. You thought about that answer, didn't you? I did. I you was like, I know, I, I knew she was, I knew she was going to ask me. I rehearsed it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and yeah, and even, even with that, like it's getting dressed is the first step in your day. So I feel like it kind of fits right in with 
with the mindset you have running your brand of like, don't worry about the other things, just focus on the joy of like taking one step at a time each day. Exactly. Light your candle, do your workout, put on your robe and go, go conquer your day. Love it. Well, this has been so fun. I'm so glad we finally got to do this interview, Ashley. I've been following your your brand since before you launched. Um, Yay. Yeah. Um, Where can people find out more about you and Vault Online? So you can go to my Instagram, which is at Vault Brand, V-A-L-T Brand. Um, And my website is currently in the works. So if you want to buy something or you just want information, um, just DM me over there and I'm happy to help you. But that's, that's it. That's the destination right now. Wonderful. I'll include links to all that in the show notes. And thank you again for joining me today. Yes. Thanks, Allison. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Haynes, and I hope you join me again for the next episode of How Fitting.